Hey, Inspire Church family, it's a privilege to be able to share the word this morning from the legacy wall at the back of our auditorium. So within the current restrictions, we're allowed to do some closed recordings here. And how awesome was it to see our creative crew worshipping from the stage? Thank you so much, team. That was a powerful time of worship. And even right now, I can see all of the empty chairs, but I'm picturing your faces on all of them. And I'm getting excited and dreaming about what it's going to be like when we gather again all together as a giant family, um, and it's going to be such a celebration. But even now, God is good, and God is faithful, and God is loving. And I want to encourage you, even if you're at home uh, watching this on the TV, maybe you're outdoors watching it with some other Inspire family, maybe you are on a bus in the middle of the week listening to this on podcast on another city, in another city. I want to encourage you, God is wanting to speak to you. And I am believing that this is a message that's not only going to inspire some faith, but it's going to set some people free. So let your expectation rise. Take notes. Yes, even online church, I want to encourage you, take notes. There's going to be some passages and some keys that are going to unlock freedom for you. And by taking notes, you can go refer to them. You can even write down things that God's speaking to you in and amongst the stories. And there's so much gold in the Bible that we don't even have enough time within the 20 odd minutes that we've got this morning to cover off. So the importance of taking notes. But anyway, we're going to pray. So join your faith with mine right now as we seek God. God, I want to thank you that you were good, loving, faithful. God, I want to thank you that you are in the business of transforming lives. God, I pray that right now, that our ears would be open, our hearts would be open to receive. God, as it says in Isaiah 55, and we stand on that this morning, that as your word goes out, it does not return void, but it achieves what you purpose for it, God. And we pray, achieve your purpose in us today. Let your voice be louder than any other. God, give us keys that will take us forward in our calling. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. All right, this morning we're going to have a bit of fun. We've got uh, three things that are certain in life. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about a rite of passage that I went through. We're going to look at how to walk on water, and then just tie all of this up in what it means for our now. So I hope you're ready. I'm going to title this message, Overcoming the Storm, all right? We're going to be storm overcomers. So there are three things certain in life. Now, Benjamin Franklin, very famous man, American, you would have heard of him. He said there are two things certain in life. Now, the two things he said, and you would have heard the saying before, is death and taxes. Two things certain in life, death and taxes. But he missed the third thing. The third thing is we all go through challenges and storms. Death, taxes, and storms. Now, it's a bit ironic because Benjamin Franklin, one of the things he invented was the lightning rod. So he knew all about storms, but yeah, the physical ones, but we're talking about the ones we go through in life, right? Uh, On a spectrum, they might be storms in a teacup and blowing out of proportion, or the other end of the spectrum where they're full blown hurricanes and I know many people are going through a full-blown hurricane right now 
we go through storms. You know, even Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, he talked about it. He said that the sun shines on the evil and the good and the rain falls on both the just and the unjust. We just go through it. Even later in the sermon, he talked about the importance and foundations and that all of us experience the rain coming down and the floods coming up and the wind. You know, we all experience storms. Uh, I know what it's like. I know that I am the uber optimist, full of faith, normally bouncy, bubbly, dreaming, uh, but I'm not superhuman. You know, I have the tough days too where I know what it's like. It's like a roller coaster where it's like faith, faith, faith. Yeah, God's awesome. Man, I'm excited about the future. And then another day it can seem like you just go down that massive drop corkscrew all those sorts of things of why most roller coasters say don't go on if you've got a sore neck or you're pregnant i know what that's like but the important thing is how do we respond in the middle of storms and so it got me thinking about a rite of passage that i went through as a as a kid so i grew up in a little place called Partow. many of you know that it's a couple of hours up north from auckland it's a beach I was going to say town. I don't think it's big enough to call a town. What do you call it? A village or something? A little beach village. Uh, there's part of our north that's got the amazing surf beach. And then part of our south where we were. And a, a river that runs through the middle of it and a bridge that connects the two. And anyway, having a dad that surfed and an older brother that surfed and as a family loving the beach, it was important that we all learned not only how to swim, but how to deal with rip currents. Now, you know what I'm talking about. You only have to watch Piha Beach Rescue or Bondi Beach Rescue or whatever those shows are to know the dangers of being caught in a rip current and how it can take you out to sea and what can happen very quickly. So, when we were growing up, as soon as we could swim, and I'm not talking about just floating or doggy paddling, but you know, we're confident and able to do some freestyle or something like that, um, our dad, would teach us how to deal with a rip current. And this is what it looked like. We went down to the Pateau Bridge. And if you know Pateau, you probably think of summer, it's full tide and people are jumping off the bridge and having a whole lot of fun. Well, I'm not talking about full tide. I'm talking about mid tide where the current, it's super tidal, is moving quickly. And he took us down to the river's edge and he explained about currents and how they move and how you can see them and how when you're in the middle of one, the worst thing you can do is panic and turn around and try to swim against it and fight it because if you're not a strong swimmer, you're gonna burn up all of your energy and then you are in trouble. No, what you do is you stay calm, and you pick a point and you swim with it, using it to swim out of the current where then it becomes easier to swim. So he explains this, and he's standing at the water's edge in the shallows. And then he says, all right, it's time to climb up, go on the bridge, climb up the railing and jump off into the current. And we're going to put this into practice, okay? So me and my younger sister, we walk up on the bridge, hop up on the railing, and then we see dad in the shallows and we jump out and we plunge. And then when we come to the surface, immediately we are feeling the pull of the sink and you're looking to the water's edge and you're just starting to see things moving a lot quicker than you were anticipating. And in that moment, you have a choice. 
do you panic and start trying to fight it or do you focus at the point where you're going and begin to swim and see dad was right where we needed to be and he is calling out to us and we're focusing in on his voice and he's kind of, he's going Jess you can do it keep swimming you can do it yep that's right yep keep focus you can do it keep swimming and we're swimming and it's tough and we're fighting the current until it becomes easier and then we realize we're out of it and we can swim out to where we needed to be and dad was there the whole time and he's just encouraging us and I thought man it's a bit like life how if we're not careful and we lose track of where we're going we can easily be swept away off track by the current and we can lose our energy and we can begin to panic and the real key to dealing with a storm is understanding how to respond in the storm the real key to fighting a current is understanding how to respond so the disciples they had a similar experience uh, albeit a whole lot more miraculous than the one that me and my sister went through and we're going to look at that this morning and it's in Matthew chapter 14 if you're taking notes um, if you've got a Bible a Bible a Bible read along with me um, otherwise it's going to be up on the screen too Starting in verse 22, it says this, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Okay, what's going on? They have just witnessed an incredible miracle. So Jesus was preaching to a massive crowd, 5,000. They were getting hungry. Um, the disciples were like, send them home so they can eat. And Jesus said, no, nah, they don't need to go away you give them something to eat all they could find was five loaves two fish and then miraculously they fed the entire crowd so they've just seen Jesus perform an incredible miracle and anyway at this point he's now going okay you guys need to go to the next destination you go on ahead and I don't know what this conversation was like I don't know if they're like Jesus so you're going to take another boat or are you going to walk does that mean you're going to, it's going to be a long time before we see you or whether they were just like yes sir this guy can perform miracles we're just going to trust him we're just going to do what he says we don't know what went on but anyway they went and it says after he had dismissed them he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray and when evening came he was there alone but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, the first point I want to make out of this this morning is this, that the storm was always part of the plan. Jesus foresaw what was going on. He had already sent them out and that the storm was already part of the plan. Just like when my dad said to me and my younger sister, jump off the bridge and we're going to learn how to fight, uh, you know, rip current. The current was already there. It was already part of the plan that we were going to land right in the middle of it. The storm was already part of the plan. I want to encourage you right now that maybe you are experiencing a storm right now. It's not phasing God. God is not surprised by it. It's already part of the plan. The, the fact though is, God's not like those YouTube dads. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, whenever my sister, um, her husband and kids come over to hang out with our family, all the boys run outside, burn off a whole lot of energy, have a whole lot of fun. 
then they head inside, crash on the couch, they all want snacks, and they want to watch YouTube. And what do we watch? Two things. Kids doing incredible things. That's totally inspiring. The only catch for parents is they'll want to try and attempt the things that they were watching. And some of those are far beyond their ability, trust me. So it's kids doing amazing things. Or kids fails. Now they make, remember America's Funniest Home Videos, they make that look real tame. And what I can't help but notice is it looks like there's some dads out there, and I'm calling them YouTube dads, who must be going, hey son, I know you can't ride a bike yet, but take this bike, go down this massive driveway towards a, a bunch of cars, and then pulling out their phone and filming it. Because I don't, I, I don't believe that it can always be a coincidence that literally they're filming this kid who's just going out of control and being taken out by um, a whole lot of parked cars by crashing into it. Like there's so many crazy things happening that I'm like, how on earth were you already filming this? So God is not like one of those dads. My dad wasn't like one of those dads. No, this is all about teaching you something and all part of the journey. So one writer put it this way, that when you look at the storms that people went through in the Bible, it's often... Um, about one of two things. The first might be correction and the other is perfection. So correction, this is like Jonah. So remember Jonah, God commissioned him to go to the city of Nineveh to preach repentance. Uh, and you don't have to do a lot of Googling until you find out that the city of Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian empire. And these guys were brutal to their enemies. So you could sit there and think, man, Jonah, I totally understand you, why you didn't want to go preach repentance. You want to see them wiped off the face of the planet because the planet is better off without these guys. Um, because that's what Jonah did. He went down, jumped on a boat and went in the completely opposite direction. But what happened? A storm came. These like hardened sailors that are sailing the ship are now in fear going, we're going to die. And Jonah goes, all right, you know what, guys, this is all because of me. Throw me overboard and you're going to be all right. And so they did. And that solved the storm. But we know what happens because God is merciful and can do the impossible. Three days later, Jonah is in the middle of Nineveh preaching repentance and a city is saved. And a whole lot of people are saved and God shows his mercy. That was about correction, that storm. This story is about a storm in the middle of the journey that brings perfection. It's building something in them. Um, and it says here um, that during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Get this. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. It's not enough that they are tired. The fourth watch of the night, we're, we're, we're well through the middle of the night onto the other side. They, they're tired, their bodies are probably aching, they're wet and they're cold, and now they're fearful. And get this, um, Jesus immediately says to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And what does Peter say? You know, Peter the absolute legend, he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And what does Jesus say? Come. You know, the next point I want to make today is if God calls you, he has got you. 
You know, if God in the middle of the storm is calling out to you, he's got you. If God is calling you out of the boat into the chaos of the storm, he's got you. This is uh, the verse that we often skip over so quickly to the next, but it says, Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Peter is literally walking on water at this point. If God's called you out, he's got you. Now, Peter hadn't suddenly figured out that biologically we're able to walk on water. No, we can't. He wasn't doing this in his own strength. He was doing this with God's enabling. You know, when we step out in faith, God has got us. He can cause the impossible to become the possible, even in the middle of a storm, in the middle of chaos. But then we see what happens next. And this is the third thing. His mistake was focusing on the wind in the middle of this storm. It says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out. You see, when we're in the middle of the storm, the wind is loud and the waves are big. Um, you know, I've been down at the beach. I've even been out on the water in the middle of a big storm. And man, it is so like the wind is howling that you can't even hear the person next to you. They're like shouting and you're watching their lips, trying to lip read what's going on. And you can't even hear. I know Pastor Don has been out in some incredible storms before, right in the middle of the ocean where you can't even see land. He'll know what this is like, where the wind is howling. And that is all you can hear. And Peter lost sight of Jesus as he's walking towards him. And all he can hear is the wind and all he can see is the waves and the fear sits in and he begins to sink. You know, even in this time right now, and it's a hurricane for many, uh, the trap is that you get caught up by listening to the voice of the wind, all the voices of the wind blowing here and there. You know, the other week I was preaching out of Ephesians 4 and about the importance of unity and how all of that is to build maturity so that you're not tossed about by the waves or blown about by all the different winds of teaching. You know, the other day I was on a prayer walk and I was just really praying about a few things and a few challenges. And, you know, right now is a battle of words going on more than ever before. And I was reminded of a passage in Matthew 24 where Jesus talks about how, you know, there will be wars and rumors of wars. These are things that we're going to experience. And I can't help but think that right now we're in a war of words going on. And if we're not careful, we can focus in on these words. But maybe they aren't even real battles going on. They're rumors of things that we start stirring up and we start talking to others about. And it can cause chaos to ensue when rather than focusing on the wind, we should be focusing on the voice of God calling us out of that. Um, maybe we are experiencing the waves and I know what that's like. I know what it's like wave after wave and they can be relentless. Maybe it's a, a hit to your business. Maybe it's an unexpected bill. Maybe it's someone who's let you down. Maybe it's a solo parent and the kids are playing up again and you're like, oh God, I just need strength to get through this. And you feel like you're on your own and it's just wave after wave. Maybe it's you're in hospital again. I mean, I just, as silly as it is, the other day I had to get x-rays on my foot and I'm just like, I don't need this right now. And it's just wave after wave. You know, Peter 
was focusing on it and it caused him to lose faith and begin to sink. But what does he do? And this is the key. The key is refocusing on Jesus. He cries out to Jesus and he says, Lord, save me. Even though we can't see and hear, he's distracted. He goes, Lord, save me. And here's that word immediately again. It says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You know what's incredible? The truth is he was always there. Even though Peter was distracted in the middle of the chaos and the storm, Jesus was always there. Just like my dad on the the side of the river in the shallows, he was always there. He was ready to swim out if we needed him. But he's letting us move through the storm. He's uh, he's letting us, um, my dad was letting us move through the current so that we could learn, so that something could be built in us. How's this? I love this. Genesis 1 verses 2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface. And the, the, the Hebrew word used in here even means chaos. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know, God, from the beginning of time to even now, isn't afraid of the chaos to be out there in the wind and the waves, hovering, ready to bring order, ready to bring life, ready to bring salvation. It says that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. And Isaiah says that the our Savior's arm, his right hand is not too short to save. God can save you. Reach out to him this morning, wherever you are. And what does he say? You of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter, you were walking on the water. You were doing the impossible as you were walking towards me. Why did you doubt? And he grabbed him and they climbed into the boat. And the wind died, the storm finished. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. You know, the last point I want to make here is their response was to worship. Worship helps us to memorialize what God is doing in the storm and taking us through the storm. It fuels faith. It reminds us that um, God is a promise keeper. If he's done it before, he can do it again, that nothing is impossible for him. You know, as you're listening to this, uh, this story, maybe you're thinking, isn't there another episode where there were disciples, Jesus in a boat in a storm? And you were right. Matthew chapter 8, they had already experienced what it was like to be in the middle of a storm on a boat. Jesus is sleeping. They wake him up and they go, we need you. And he commands the storm to cease. And you know what their response was then? What man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You know, God had taken them further from that to this point where they go, man, you are the son of God and they worshiped him. What I've experienced in my life is God will take you from one storm to another storm, from one point to another point. And at each stage, he's building in you and each stage takes you to another level. I know what it's like 
to graduate and to try and find a job in the middle of a global financial crisis and you can't get one. I know what it's like to be in a, in a big business where they're doing a restructure and you end up being made redundant. I know what it's like to need to change career. I know what it's like to say no to one job and stick at another one, uh, hoping that God will help pull through in a, in a difficult circumstance. I know what it's like to deal with sickness. I know what it's like to deal with death in the family. I know what it's like to deal with people who let you down. I know what it's like to follow the call of God, but not know how all the details are going to work out. But I also know what it's like to see God pull through in those situations, to bring a job that ticked the checklist, to, um, even though you're made redundant, to step into uh, a, a greater job. I know what it's like for God to take you into a new career and help you to thrive and to flourish. I know what it's like to be able to step out um, in your calling from one job into ministry and God to just make the details work out as you seek after his kingdom. I know what it's like to be healed. I know what it's like for God to bring about divine appointments where you can speak into someone's life, into their season, to speak words of hope, to see them set free, to see them come to know Jesus, uh, to see them healed. I know what it's like for God to work in and through you. I can encourage you that there is hope on the other side as we press on through. I know what it's like to have God walking alongside you. I know what it's like to need to worship in the tough times to fuel faith, to see you through. And the reason I want to encourage you in that this morning, the reason I believe God would want to encourage you in that is because church, we have a city that needs Jesus. We have a city that needs to not only be set free, but come to know him and know that there is a glorious hope. But I know it can be tough when you're in hospital again or you're facing that tough time again, but Trust me, God is doing something. You know, there's a great song that says that if I'm not dead, God is not done. And I want to encourage you right now, just take a deep breath with me. You know, if there is breath in your lungs, God is building something in you because he's got a glorious hope ahead of you. And there's a great uh, couple of verses that I want to share just as we're closing. And it's this, it's 2 Corinthians and Paul's preaching to the church in Corinth. Chapter 4, he's talking about his treasure in us, Jazaklai, and he says this, verse 8, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Um, and we are struck down, but not destroyed. Fast forward, verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is the legacy that God is building through us. So here are my final challenges. When you are faced with a storm, maybe even now, before jumping up and trying to command this thing to cease, ask God, God, what are you already doing in the middle of this? Maybe God is using your current circumstances to correct something in you. Maybe God is using these current circumstances to build something in you, to perfect something in you. You know, there's a great song I love by Maverick City, all about the refiner uh, that I loved before lockdown, but it means so much more right now 
where it talks about his refining fire and what he's doing in you. You know, in that process of smelting, of making precious metals pure, it, you know, they apply extreme heat. So rubbish comes to the surface. Maybe God is allowing the rubbish in your life to come to the surface so that he can deal with it, that it can be taken away, that you can make, be made more precious, that your story and your life can be a greater testimony to his goodness and his love and his faithfulness. Don't try and escape what God is doing because it's all for his purpose. Make it your prayer. God, what are you doing in the middle of it? Um, the next thing, if you are getting caught up by the, the, the wind and the waves, refocus on Jesus. How do you do that? It's so simple. It's prayer and it's the word. We've got the Bible and it's filled with his promises and encouragement and wisdom to lead you. And I know what it's like. Sometimes in the dark times you open it up and it's just words on a page or you're praying and it's just like you're hitting a wall. But persevere. You might feel like you take a step forward and then two step back and the next day two steps forward and the next day three steps forward, the next day one step back. You know, keep persevering because then you're going to be moving forward. That's why I love the brutal honesty about Peter. You know, the Bible shows all of his mistakes, but he's moving forward into what God is perfecting in him. So ultimately, he is used to build the church, to see it explode. I want to encourage you. You are going to make mistakes. We all do, but it doesn't make you a failure. Failure is choosing not to learn from those mistakes. All right, church, let's pray. You know, I'm very mindful that for some of you right now, you feel like you are sinking in the middle of the storm. And I want to encourage you to reach out. Maybe even physically this morning where you are, you just need to put your hand out as we're praying. And I want to pray for you. Um, you know, as I said, I know what it's like to be in the middle of the storm and, and the waves and to, to get disorientated. But God is right there with you. God, I just pray for every person this morning listening to this who is struggling God I just pray that you would show yourself faithful and reach out and grab a hold of them God I pray that you would continue to pull them forward that you would take their their focus from the wind the waves even though they're struggling and they're, they're crying out God and that you would draw them to yourself God that you would draw them out of it God that your voice would become stronger than the voice of the wind, that God, that your presence would become stronger than the waves that they're feeling them, hitting them, God, in Jesus' name. You know, maybe you're listening to this and you have never called out to God before, but you're going, man, I need Jesus. I just feel stuck, caught in this current. You know what? The greatest prayer you can pray is literally, Lord, save me. You know, God can save you from anything, anything that is holding you back, guilt, shame, addiction, the dumb stuff that we do. You know, maybe you're caught in there going, man, I've got to stop fighting this on my own. I need to surrender to God. Just make this prayer. Jesus, save me. God, I thank you that you've already made a way for me that I could be set free, that I could be forgiven, that the slate could be wiped clean. Lord, I choose to stop fighting this on my own and I choose to surrender and to follow you.
You know, if that is your yes that you are making in this moment, I want to encourage you head to inspirechurchnz.com slash yes, because not only do we want to celebrate with you, but we want to be able to reach out to you and encourage you on this walk together. And wider church, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I just pray right now for the season that you'll continue to give us strength in moving forward. God, I thank you that this isn't just for ourselves, but this is for our city. That God, that we would see lives transformed, that we would see people come to know you, that we would see people set free. That God, that we would see justice where there's injustice. Lord, that we would see provision where there is no provision. Lord, that we would see life where there's death. Lord, we would see order where there is chaos. God, let us be people who are wave walkers. Let us be people who rise above, not sink below. Let us be people who can overcome the storm that our lives would be a testimony of hope for those who are stuck in there. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.